Hallelujah. Well, welcome to Abundant Life online tonight. We're so glad you all decided to join us on YouTube, on Facebook for this live stream tonight. We're happy you're here with us. Um, you know, I was just thinking today a little bit about this new transition into how we're doing church for this week and maybe another week or two. And uh, I really am excited about the opportunities that are present right now. You know, I heard somebody say it this way, the devil overplayed his hand. You know, he was trying to do something terrible. He was trying to disrupt not only the church, but society in a really big way. And what he's done as an effect is cause the, the church, the body and family of Christ to grow stronger, stronger together, to connect online in ways that we haven't before um, in, in a, just a week's time, scale up the way that we are um, present in the online community, in the online um, arena of life. And so I think it's so encouraging that we are on the, the front wave of, of amazing things in how the gospel is proclaimed. I'm excited that our church is a part of that and taking steps um, to, to speak the word of God, to proclaim the gospel um, in the digital part of life, in the digital world. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about it this morning a little bit, how it, it's like the easiest time, I think, one of the easiest times it's ever been to invite somebody to do church the same way you're doing church. You know, right now, this week, probably for another week, maybe two, um, the way we're doing church is, is something that people are really used to, holding a phone. I mean, people, people spend hours a day on their phone, and so it's something people are really comfortable with. You know, for all the introverts out there, they're like singing the praises right now because they can connect uh, on their phone, and, and we don't necessarily have the social pressure of meeting together with people. And so I was just thinking today about how great an opportunity this is. If there's somebody you've been wanting to invite to church, invite them to church. Send them a text. Send them a link. Call them five minutes before we go live and say, hey, um, don't know if you're busy, but I'd love to have you join me for church. You know, host a watch party. You, you can just go, if you're watching on Facebook right now, you can hit share and all your friends are going to see you're at church right now. All your friends are going to be able to just click right in. All those people online. I mean, it's, it's, it's a constant opportunity to invite people in to church. And, and the more we, we hit that share button, the more we invite people in, the more people are going to hear the message of the gospel, the more people are going to be encouraged by the hope of Christ. And so I just want to encourage all of you, um, use this great opportunity to invite someone new to, to hit share and, and really help the gospel go out. And so that was kind of my encouragement to get us started tonight. We're glad you're with us. Um, we're just going to pray and bless our service. And then tonight I want to get into a few things about prayer, kind of build upon what we were talking about last week. I'm really excited for uh, this particular message and encouragement, this uh, time of, of prayer and devotion and sharing um, from me to you. And also um, for all of you that are watching with a family or a group of people for the sharing and, and devotional and, and community communication and conversations that can happen, prayer together that can happen as a result of some of these times. And so tonight, let's just start with a word of prayer and get into the word of God. Would you join me? Father, we thank you tonight for your word that is true. It is alive. It is powerful, active, 
is living and, and it is relevant for this day, for our current situations, for our current seasons. We thank you, God, that your word is always relevant. It is always true. It is always applicable and usable for our life today. And so, God, we go to your word tonight expectant, ready to hear, ready to receive all that you have for us. We love you, Lord. And everybody who agrees with that just said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, worship team. Wasn't it great to get a little bit of worship to start our Wednesday night service off tonight? Um, I, I so appreciate what all of they do. And, and to our media team that's here with us, you know, if you want to drop in the comments and just say thank you, media team, I'm sure they would appreciate that. So we're so grateful for the people that are out here helping um, make this service happen tonight. We're going to go to Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 8, and I know um, we are going to put, if you're watching on YouTube, we're testing out a new program tonight that's going to help us display some stuff. If you're on Facebook, I'd encourage you to pull out those Bibles or get someone else to pull up a phone and uh, read along with us. We're going to go to Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 8, and tonight what I want to talk to you about is once again prayer. You know, I was thinking about this topic of prayer and, and I think over these next couple weeks while we're, we're having to communicate this way, I really believe that prayer is one of the ways that we can stay so connected and so unified when we're physically distant from one another. You know, right now we're doing this whole social distancing thing where we can't bring, you know, our physical bodies into, into close proximity with other people's physical bodies. You know, we're limited in the way that we can gather in that sense. But I believe that the way we gather with our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and the, with the way we gather our spirits together and, and um, you bring them into unity on topics and issues, I think that's something that, that prayer gives us a great opportunity to do. You know, when you pray together with someone, you are bringing your thought many times into the same line of unity. You're bringing your spirit into the same line of unity, into an agreement together. And I think there is something that is so connecting about that. And so I just feel like during this time where we're physically distant from one another, it's even more important, you know, and it is always important. I believe prayer is a foundational block of a believer's life. But I think during this time where we're socially distant, it's important for us all to pray as a church family, a church body, so that we can stay unified and connected with our soul and with our spirit spirit during this time where we can't be physically connecting the way we're used to. And so I believe prayer is so important. We talked last week, a scripture out of Colossians 4, and we talked about how we are supposed to be uh, praying. We're supposed to be living what the word says wisely. And I believe we're all supposed, supposed to be having conversations that are gracious in nature. I believe these are three things that are going to be uh, applicable for today and help us live a life that is not only full of power and allows God to move and work through us, but also proclaims the message of hope that is the gospel to the world around us. If you want to listen to that, I encourage you to go back on the Facebook page, on the YouTube page. They're all right there. So you can go back and listen to those if you missed it last week. Um, but tonight I want to go deeper into a specific element of what we studied. It said, pray, devote yourselves to prayer. And it said, but not just like any kind of prayer, it says, be alert and be thankful. Be alert and be thankful. And so I was, I was meditating on that this week, be alert and be thankful. And I, what I came to was, what is it that I'm supposed to be alert and thankful about? You know, what is it that I should be aware of while I'm praying? You know, I think that as we set a focus in prayer and, and as we pray out things that we do understand and we allow the Spirit to pray out the things that we don't understand, if we're alert Okay, alert, and if we're thankful, 
and focused on those two things in the right way, I believe prayer becomes very, very effective. And I think what we're going to see tonight in Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 8, is one of the things that we can be very uh, aware of and very thankful for. You know, as I was, as I was praying about what to share tonight, um, the, the word actually came to me in one of the weirdest places for me. Now, I'm not, I'm not the most fit individual you're ever going to meet. And it was really interesting that the other night I was out running. I can't tell you why. That's not like my thing. I'm not much of a runner. But I was out on a run the other night, and I was, I was out in the middle of the country, and I'm running down this gravel road, and I'm just praying. I'm saying, God, what, what do you want me to speak about? What, what is it that your people need to hear? And what I got was the word... The greatness. The greatness. And I knew immediately what that meant. It wasn't just, you know, the greatness of life or the greatness of what I'm looking at. It's the greatness of God. And then immediately while I'm out on this run, I start looking around out in this country and I see this huge blue sky and I think, oh my gosh, God, you created that. You're so great. And I look around to my left and my right, and I see, I see all these miles of open fields. And over on one side, I see, you know, the, the Raccoon River. And I just see these amazing feats from an amazing and creative God. And I think, God, you really are so great. And this topic of the greatness of God was just building up in my heart. And then this morning, I was driving into town to, to come and work in the office here at the church. And what I saw when I was coming down that, there's that big dip, you know, right south of town. And you go across the bridge, and then the golf course is over on your side. And I'm going down this dip right over the river, and there's this, like, fog. And, and you know, I can only see so far out ahead of me. And again, I'm hit with this word, the greatness the greatness of God. What a diverse God we have that not only can he create these big, incredible blue skies, but he can also, you know, create this misty kind of kind of ambient um, atmosphere as well. There's this river full of water and there's water in the air and there's all these incredible things that are part of living in this world that he created for us. And I think, God, you are so great. You know, if you've been with us in our regular Wednesday night studies when we're physically gathering for church, we've been going through our Answers in Genesis series. And my goodness, reading through that, studying through that, I mean, you just see the greatness of God every single lesson. And just to give a plug for our Wednesday night services, when we are gathering together in person again, our next lesson is dinosaurs and dragons. We're talking about dinosaurs. We're talking about dragons, how they fit into the word, how they fit into history. And so if you haven't been coming, I encourage you, come and tell somebody else about it. It's going to be a really interesting lesson. So whenever it is, I don't know the date yet, but the Wednesday that we get back together here at church, you're going to want to be here for Dinosaurs and Dragons, Answers in Genesis, finding out truth coming straight out of the Word. So tonight, uh, I want to talk about the greatness of God. How many of you know that God is great? Can I get an amen in the comments, in the houses? Say amen, people of God. Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 8 is where I want to read, and we're going to see some qualities of the greatness of God. Tonight, I want to, I want to emphasize three points, and then I want us to pray out in an awareness and a thankfulness of the greatness of God. The three things I want us to see here tonight is that God has done great, God is great, and he will do great. These are the three kind of progressions of God's greatness. God has done great, God is great, and God will do great and mighty things. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8, talking about how God has done great. 
You know, there are a lot of scriptures I could have gone to to talk about the great things that God has done. You know, I could have taken us to the Old Testament and we could have read, read about how he parted the Red Sea, how he dropped the walls of Jericho, about David and, the, and Goliath, how he, you know, took down this giant with just a little stone. I could have talked about so many examples of God's greatness in the Old Testament. But what I find one of the greatest things that God ever did, and it's for you and for me today, is Ephesians 2. It says this, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. And you know what? I am going to read the rest of this, but I could stop right there and I already know that God is great. Listen to what he said. Who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which with he loved us. Well, if we know his love is great and he has given that love to us, well then we already got greatness. We already got a great God. But here's what I want you to see tonight as well as those three points we're looking at. I want you to also see that the further you go, the greater it gets. The further you go with God, the greater he gets. And we're going to see that as we keep reading in Ephesians 2. The further we go on, the greater it gets. The greater his promise gets. The greater his provision gets. The greater what he has done for you and me, the greater his love is going to get the further we go. And so let's keep going. Ephesians 5 says, even while we were dead in trespasses... Here's what he did. This is the greatness of God. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together. You see, he said he made us alive. I could stop there. God, you're great. But you know what? The further you go, the greater he gets. We keep going. It says he raised us up together. Not only did he make us alive and bring us out of the tomb, but he raised us up to a higher level. The further we go, the greater he gets. And then we keep going on. And not only did he make us alive and raise us up, but it says he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It gets greater the further we go. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I see two things so strong here. And I, I mean, we could preach so many sermons out of Ephesians 2 about God's grace and about faith and about this, the power of salvation and being raised up. We could talk about that tonight, though. I want us to focus in on the greatness of God and how great he is that he not only made us alive, but he raised us up and he made us seated in heavenly places with him. And it's not just for today, but it's for the ages to come, too. We have been saved by grace through faith. And so our first point tonight that he has done great, I see it so strong here in Ephesians 2 that God has done great. He has done great things. He has been a great God, a great heavenly father. I mean, I, again, we could talk about so many uh, biblical examples of God's greatness but to me, this is the this is the one I'm the most thankful for. Like I'm glad that I'm glad that he parted the sea. I'm glad he brought down the walls of Jericho. But let me tell you what, as a Gentile and somebody who was not part of the Jewish lineage, I'm so thankful that Jesus came and died and paid the price, gave us grace so that we could be made alive, be risen up, and seated in heavenly places with Christ. Are you thankful for God's greatness tonight? He is so great. And so this is something that was done obviously long ago, 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid the price. He did a great thing on the cross for you and for me. 
And this isn't obviously not the first time in the word that God did something great, but it is, at least to me, one of the greatest, probably the greatest thing that was ever done. God, except for maybe creation, you know, because if we hadn't been created, then there wouldn't have been anything to save us from. God created us and he saved us. Hallelujah. I'm glad that God is great. And I'm glad this too, the further we go, the greater he gets. Amen. See, that's something you can just keep saying all week. You, you, can, you can repost it later on. You can like just amen to it in the comments. You can do all that stuff. The further we go, the greater he gets. Hallelujah. The second point tonight is that he is great. He is currently, presently, his character. See, we're talking, this, this point I believe is in two ways. Number one, he is great right now, of course. But also, not only is, is he doing great, but his character is great. God, it, it, greatness is a quality of who he is. It's an attribute of our God is that he is great. You know, we see it through creation. We, we see it in the things um, that we read about right now. We've probably experienced God's greatness in our own life. Let's read Deuteronomy 3.24 tonight to talk about God's greatness. And while you're turning there, I thought I would share a little story about uh, the further we go, the greater it gets, okay? Um, when I was saying that earlier today and meditating on even that thought of the further we go, the greater it gets, I remembered... Uh, um, when, when I was leaving home to go down to Bible school, I was going to Tulsa, you know, this new city I was unfamiliar with. I didn't know a lot of people down there, but my family had a connection. There was this, this wonderful family, um, Kim and Daniel Piper are their names, so like, don't go do anything crazy with them on Facebook, but if they're watching, shout out to both of you. I mean, they're an amazing, wonderful family, and they, um, they were housing Rama students at the time, and so uh, they let me come into their home. We, we did a FaceTime call one night, and they were talking about the place. They showed me the room. Room. They were showing me their house, and, and I was just like overwhelmed, both at the goodness of God, but also at how great it was going to be to go down there and live with them. So we started this FaceTime call, right, and they're showing me the room, they're showing me the house, they're introducing me to their family, and right away, you know, I meet both of them, and, and then I meet their kids, and my goodness, what a wonderful family, like we could have stopped right there, and it would have been great. These are, these are going to be great people to live with for the, the few years I'm down here. This will be a, a great, you know, uh, brother and sister. These, these two uh, children of theirs are going to be great people. To um, They were older, and so I thought, you know, we, we can definitely have some fun times. We can connect. Like, these are going to be great relationships, great people, great situation. And so then they start showing me my room, and I'm like, oh, man, this room is sweet. Like, this is an upgrade. It, it's bigger than the room I've got here in Iowa. Like, there was already a there was like a king size bed in there. There's a walk-in closet, private bathroom. And I'm like, oh man, this is great. Great people, great room. They, they, and then they go outside and they start showing me this neighborhood. And it's like, it's like one of those nice neighborhoods where people like have other people come in and do their lawn for them. And there's like a gate on the outside. I mean, like it was nice. I'm like, this is great. This is great. Great people, great room, great neighborhood. And then they take me into the backyard. And I'm telling you, the further you go, the greater it gets, okay? I go into the backyard, and there's a pool. There's a pool with a basketball hoop and a diving board. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is great. This is great. The further I go on this visual, virtual tour of the house, the greater it's getting. And I'm, I'm just excited 
to be enjoying the greatness. And so I just tell you that story tonight because I feel like, you know, that's a natural example of how greatness progresses. With God, it's even so much better. It's even so much greater. The further we go with God, the longer we walk with God, the further we go in his word, the further we go in prayer, the further we go in worship, the greater it gets. Because the further we go with God, he is always going to have greater to give us. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, read that scripture I talked about a couple minutes ago. Deuteronomy 3 verse 24. Oh Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds. We're talking about how God is presently great. But also, how God, greatness is just an attribute. It's a quality of who he is. You know, if we went through, we just talked about all the qualities of God. I mean, that's like, that's a whole sermon or series maybe about all the qualities of God. He's so many wonderful things. Great is one of the things that God is. It's an inherent quality. And I believe that we come to know his greatness a couple of ways. One of the ways is by getting to know him through his word. I believe that faith, well, the word says actually in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know that as we receive the word of God, we're going to get to know him. And as we get to know him and our faith is built up, we're going to see that he's great. I believe Deuteronomy 3.24, Moses is writing here, and he is talking about how he has come to know the greatness of God. You know, he's a person who, he was delivered as a baby by God and God's greatness. He was sent into the wilderness where he found the burning bush, and God spoke to him, and he sent him into Egypt, and these plagues came. And, and then the seas parted and he delivered Israel and he provided for them supernaturally while they were in the wilderness. I mean, Moses has seen these great things happen. And so after a lifetime of seeing God's great and mighty deeds and, and great and mighty works, he says, God, I know you're great. You have shown your servant. You but here's the crazy thing. He says, you have begun to show your servant your greatness. That blows my mind. Moses parted the Red Sea, brought the ten plagues, saw manna fall from heaven, split a rock open with the staff, and water came out. I mean, like, if, if I was going to choose somebody in the Bible, like, that I could do their same miracles, Moses would be a top contender. He would be, like, one, he would be one of the top three people I would choose. Okay, he did some amazing, he saw God work in incredible, miraculous, great ways. And what he says here is, God, you have begun to show me your greatness. What that tells me is that God's greatness goes so far beyond splitting a sea, you know, delivering people by plagues, providing super, like letting, letting food and, and bread fall from heaven. I, he, he can do so far beyond. He is so great beyond what we could even think of. Like, if I, if I was trying to think of, like, the greatest thing that God could do, it would be the beginning of his power. It would be the beginning of his greatness. God's greatness is beyond our comprehension. The, the full scope is beyond what our, our little human minds are ever going to understand. God is so great that he says, Moses writes here, and he says, I have begun to see the greatness of God's. You know, I think... In what God has done, we just, we see that he's great. You know, you begin to get, a, get to know a person by what they say and what they do. Isn't that right? I mean, 
Those of you who get to know people, anybody out there who's gotten to know somebody in their lifetime, well, you've probably gotten to know someone by spending time with them, by getting around them, by seeing the way they interact, by seeing the way they work, by seeing the way we talk. And it's, it's not all about what they're doing, what they're saying. What it really is about is closeness. The closer you get to somebody, the better you know who they are. And with God, it's the same way. The closer we get to God, whether it be in his word or, or in, his, in spirit or letting him work in our life in some way, we, when we get close to God or it could be in worship, in prayer time, I mean, the closer we get to God, the more we're going to see him, number one, working in our life. And number two, we're going to see his character. I wrote down a few examples here of some of the things he has done for all of us. And I'm going to give you the scripture references. I'll go over these twice. So if you miss them the first time, you can go back and get them. Otherwise, you, you might just have to go back and like find the minute marker. We're at like minute, I don't know, uh, 20... 35 or something like that. They'll, they'll tag it. We'll, we'll get the minute marker in here for you. Here are some of the great things God has done for all of us. For all of us, God has done these things. Number one, creation of the world. In Romans 1.20, he talks about how he reveals his greatness in the very creation. Christ coming as a man. God becoming flesh. The word becoming flesh and dwelling among us and living a perfect life and saving us. Incredible. So great. That's uh, John 1 verse 14. Revelations, him giving us revelation words, understanding of the scripture, Ephesians 3, 9, working of his power, Ephesians 3, 7, and the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, John 14, 15, and 16, he talks about it. I'm going to read those again for you. Creation of the world, Romans 1, 20, Christ coming as a man, John 1, 14, Well, really, we could summarize it in one way. It's by getting close to him. What does getting close to him look like? Well, one of the primary ways is going to be in the word. Another way is worship. Another way is prayer, which is why I emphasize so much and, and encourage you to stick around tonight as, as we pray for a little bit. Um, you know, and obviously seeing him work in your life, inviting him and the Holy Spirit to come in and give you revelation and, and do works of power in your life. These are going to be ways that you're getting close to God. You are, you are living your life both with knowledge and with experience of God. You know, I believe that as we live our life alongside God in close relationship with him, we're going to get to know him and we're going to see his greatness. Amen. And now I want to, I want to go on to first Chronicles, first Chronicles 29, 11. It's going to be our next scripture. We read about God's quality, his characteristic of greatness. But as you're turning there and as we get it put up on the screen here, one of the things I want to say is this, uh, our testimonies, our testimonies, our personal testimonies, things that God has done in our life, um, whether it's physical or spiritual, that is a testament of God's greatness. You know, there's a time for me where I was really hesitant to talk about like my testimony because I, I kind of had this feeling of like, well, it's just me talking about me. You know, what I've come to realize is when I talk about my testimony, it's not about what has happened to me. It's about what God has done. And I'm a part of that, 
But the glory goes to him because he is the great one who has changed. He is the great one who has saved. He is the great one who has provided for. And so I want to encourage everybody that's watching tonight. Share your testimony. Don't be shy to share your testimony. And especially parents, if you're watching and you have kids with you, when we get done tonight... I just, I ask you, please share at least some, maybe it doesn't have to be every little detail, but share your testimony with your kids. I can tell you, having grown up in a Christian home, one of the most powerful things that, that taught me was listening to my parents' testimony. One of the things that, that locked me in to Christianity, that, that let me know that it was the real deal, was hearing my parents' testimony and, and hearing about how God had moved in people's lives. You know, that's the Bible. Some of the Bible is testimony. It's about how God moved in people's lives. And I'm not trying to say that my personal testimony is going to be the same thing as going back and reading about God delivering the Israelites. But when God has moved in your life and you share that with somebody, it has power. Because it is the word of God being applied and working in your life. And the word doesn't return void. And so when we share about the word and God and how it's changed our life, it is going to have an effect. And it is going to give people hope. Amen. So share your testimonies. And you know what? If you've got a testimony that you'd be willing to share reach out to us. Send us a, a message on Messenger and I would love to, to be able to share, if you're willing, share some of our testimonies uh, with our church or with others. We just, well, I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. If you have a testimony that you want to share, please talk to us about that because I think the power of a testimony is, is something that we want to celebrate. So testimony is valuable. First Chronicles 29 11, I told you we were coming here to read about God's greatness. This is what it says. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. I think that's a great summary. If you want to write that down, 1 Chronicles 29, 11, I think it summarizes, states God's greatness, his power, his position, all in one scripture. And so I just wanted to give you that tonight because it, it encourages me. When I read that, it encourages me about how great God is. It reaffirms what I'm experiencing with the word, that God is great and mighty and in control. And here's the other great truth. I'm telling you, the further you go, the greater it gets. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's been great in the past, that means he is great today and he's great in the future. Hebrews 13.8 says that he is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God doesn't change. God's greatness doesn't change. God doesn't get less great. He has all the greatness we could ever handle. And so God is great yesterday, today, and forever. And so what I'm talking about with prayer tonight and how this connects with prayer. And, and what I want to talk about next is how he will do great things, okay? We said at the beginning tonight that when we pray, we ought to be alert and we ought to be thankful. We ought to be, I say aware and thankful. And what I believe we ought to be most alert and thankful or aware and thankful of is the greatness of God. 
You know, and, and that maybe is an umbrella term to talk about how he has saved us and he has given us, you know, the Holy Spirit as a helper and, and he has delivered us and he's provided for us. I and mean, we could go down the list and talk about everything God has done. God's greatness for me, when I focus in on God's greatness, it, it takes every problem, it takes every circumstance and they all melt away. And so as I pray out and I'm praying about God's greatness, as I'm aware of his greatness and I'm thankful for his greatness, it takes every issue and it makes it this big. Because when God is so great and we consider the greatness of God, it makes everything else look tiny and insignificant. And so I'm, I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm not just going to preach about coronavirus, but I thought it was interesting that it did fit in so well to this. That as we're going through this time where we're having to make adjustments and things are changing and we have restrictions and there is a health concern for, for people in the world, like it gets this big when we think about the greatness of God, when we think about all the miracles that, that God has done throughout history and the, the extent of his power and of his faithfulness, of his greatness, everything else, every other problem just gets so tiny. And so tonight, as, as we spend time wrapping up in prayer, what I encourage you in is be alert and be thankful for the greatness of God. Because I believe as we focus in on the greatness of God, Number one, it makes everything else look tiny, but it also glorifies him. It, it's, it's like we're reading 1 Chronicles 29, 11. When I'm praying, God, you're so great. You have the power. You are on the throne. You, you can do great and mighty things. Well, it's like I'm reading 1 Chronicles 29, 11. In fact, you probably could pray out 1 Chronicles 29, 11. You could say, yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power and glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and all that is on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted and head over all. While I pray that out, what it tells me is that the circumstance, what I'm dealing with right now, is not in control. The thing I'm facing, it's not in control. And so rather than pray and, and just go against that, and you know what, I think there is a, uh, there is a place for praying out against the enemy and, and putting those guards in place, building our, ourselves up by talking about faith and how the enemy cannot prevail. But the primary focus, our awareness and our thankfulness, shouldn't be just that you know, the enemy is losing. What it should really be about is God is great and God is victorious. So let's, let's put our awareness, our alertness, and our, our thankfulness on the greatness of God instead of anything else. Amen. And so we want to pray out the gratefulness of God. And I believe as we go to Isaiah 41.10, I'm getting towards the end here. I've just got a couple more scriptures I want to share. Isaiah 41.10, talking about the greatness of God. This is what it says, fear not. We're not talking about how God will do great things will do great things. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Here's what stands out to me about this. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, Fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. There is power in the I wills. When God says he'll do something, we know he's going to be faithful to do it. And I know he's great enough to do it. And so as I read Isaiah 41.10, and we're looking back at a prophecy talking about what he was going to do today. And so he's already promised it. He has said, I will. And so I can have faith that he will. And, I, and beyond that, I have faith that he has. You know, I, I believe this is the truth. If we read Ephesians 1, and we're, we're going to go read this 
And then I've just got a couple other things to share at the end here. Ephesians 1, 19 and 21. The power of I will. I will because. I will believe that he will because he already has. See, I, I believe God's I will because I believe he already has. I believe he will give me victory over the enemy. I believe he will bring me health. I believe he will provide for all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I believe he will because I believe he has. I believe he will because I believe he has. I'm telling you, the further you go, the greater it gets. Ephesians 1.19, I believe he will because I believe he has. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. The working of his mighty power. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and demon and every name that is named not only in this age but in the age which is to come. I believe he will because I believe he has. 2,000 years ago, Jesus defeated every power, principality, and evil force that is out there. He has overcome. He has gone to the throne. And he is victorious. So I believe he will today because I believe he did back then. And so as we think about the things we face, we could look to Ephesians 6, 12. I'm not going to read it tonight. But it talks about how we're not warring against flesh and blood. We're not, we're not warring against physical things, but spiritual and when I read Ephesians 1, it says he's already overcome all the spiritual problems that we could encounter. He has already won and already gone to the throne. And so I believe today that he will beat it because I believe he already has beat it. And I'm receiving that victory today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Two last things I want to wrap up with and then we're going to pray. Matthew 24, 14 says in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. My encouragement for us tonight, don't only pray out, be alert and thankful for the greatness of God, but proclaim the greatness of God. Speak it out. This is where I was talking about testimony earlier. Don't be shy to share what God has done in your life. Because we, when we proclaim the great things that God has done in us, it is spreading of the gospel. It is, it is preaching his power, his ability, his greatness to the world. You know, someone might not want to listen to you talk about verses out of the Bible. You know, I, I, that's been my experience anyway. Sometimes when I bring up a verse, people don't want to hear what John 3.16 has to say. But they might listen to how your life has been changed by the power of God. You know, I believe testimony at times can be a way to share the gospel when people are, are walled up or closed off. Don't shy away from sharing a testimony because it is absolutely the, the greatness of God in action in your life. And I believe as we share that, it will have effect. It will make a change in people's hearts. It will provide them with hope and the light in the dark place they may be living in. Tonight, I would like for you all to join me in prayer. I want us to, to pray tonight for just these last couple minutes. And then we're going to end this live stream here in, in just a few minutes. And what I would encourage you to do, as I did last week, is take, we're ending, we're ending shorter than we normally would on a Wednesday night. 
take these next 10 minutes once we end and pray with your family or by yourself. Get on the phone with somebody and pray if you need to. Go to a, a, a messenger group video chat if you need to. Get some people together or even all by yourself, pray out and proclaim the greatness of God. Confess it. Be aware of it. Be thankful for it. I believe as we pray in the greatness of God, it, it's going to be, number one, revealed to us. And I believe it's also an invitation for that greatness to come into our present situation. It's a confession that what he has already done is going to show up in what he's doing today. And then I want to encourage you the other thing. Share that testimony. If you got your kids around you, parents, share, share some of your testimony. Share what God's done. Because I, I'm, I am a testament of people that shared their testimony. I, I am the adult version of a kid who grew up hearing about what God was doing in his family's life. And my parents and my grandparents and my relatives hearing as a young person what God does and, and not that it's just a story out of the Bible that happened thousands of years ago, but it's something that's happening today. Man, there is power in that. So share it with your kids. Share it with your family. Share it with other people. Share about what God's done in your life. I want to end this way. I'm going to pray Psalm 145. This is a psalm about God's greatness. And so I'm going to read this out loud. If you join me tonight as we close out service, I would love for you to get it in a, in a prayerful mindset to, to quiet the things going on around you and focus in on Jesus. We're going to pray out tonight to God. I'm going to pray out of Psalm 145 because I do believe that this is an awesome confession about the power and greatness of God. So I'm going to pray this and then we're going to wrap up. Psalm 145, would you pray with me? God, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of your might, of your awesome acts. I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of your glory in the kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their provision in due season and you open your hand and satisfied the desire in every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord perseveres, preserves all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy them. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. 
And all flesh shall bless His holy name forever and ever. Amen. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your greatness. Every, every good, every perfect, every great thing you have done in my life, God, tonight I am aware. I'm aware. Take a moment now, and, and you know, we do this a lot um, when, we, when we take communion, a moment of reflection. Well, tonight I feel like we ought to do that too. Let's take a moment and reflect. Just being quiet here and reflecting on some of the things God's done in my life. Some of the things He's brought me from, saved me from, <laughs> provided for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you are so great. You are so faithful. Your power and majesty, your greatness goes beyond what I know, beyond what I understand, God. I thank you for showing me the beginning of your greatness. As I've I've come to know you and, and, and lived with you, God. You have constantly been great in my life. And I thank you. I'm aware and thankful of your greatness, Lord. And tonight I know that your greatness continues. It has not left. It has not gone anywhere, nor will it, Lord. It's present. Your greatness, your ability is present. So I thank you. That you weren't just a great God yesterday. You weren't just a great God 2,000 years ago. You weren't just a great God back when you parted the Red Sea. But God, you are great today. You will be great tomorrow. You will be great in the age to come. Lord, you are a great God. So I thank you that every other thing, everything besides your greatness, every, every challenge, every problem, every issue, every circumstance, every threat, Lord, is just tiny, just insignificant compared to the greatness of you. So I thank you, Lord, that that greatness is present and working in our lives tonight. I thank you that we receive your greatness in the ways in which it comes, Lord, by revelation, by power, by salvation, by being made righteous. Lord, in each and every way, you are great to us, Lord. Tonight, I pray that we would receive it. I pray that, too, Holy Spirit, you would show us how God wants to be great to us today. I believe you will do it because it was provided for 2,000 years ago. I believe he will because he did. And I believe that the further we go with you, God, the greater it gets. Because the greater we understand you. It's not that you are becoming more and more great, Lord. You, your greatness already goes beyond what we understand. But as we walk with you and come to know you more, we begin to see more and more and more of your greatness. And so the further we go with you, the greater it gets for us. Not because you're changing, but because we are becoming more and more aware. And so tonight, Lord, we pray out with the awareness of your greatness that we have. And Lord, I pray that we will become more aware, ever more aware of your greatness. Lord, we want to go further into your presence. We want to be closer to you and we want to know your greatness in a greater way. We pray all this in the name of Jesus and everybody who agreed said, Amen.
Amen. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, one quick announcement before we sign off for the evening. We have a live streamed worship night. It's going to be coming from right here, this, this setup tonight, or not tonight, Friday night at 7 p.m. So tune back in right here on YouTube, right here on Facebook. And watch Friday night at 7. We're going to have a live stream worship night. It's going to be an awesome time worshiping our King while social distancing but gathering together in spirit, in soul, and digitally connecting in the way that we can. So tonight, as we, as we sign off and end this live stream, I want to encourage you, take the next few minutes and pray together. Pray out God's greatness. Be aware of thank you for His greatness. And share your testimony if you can. If you've got something with you, share it with them and talk about the great things God has done. We love you guys. We're so glad you tuned in tonight. Share this video with someone and help us Spread the gospel to the world around us. Be blessed. Be the church. Be a lot. You guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful night.